Viewers do bring some natural strength just by way of kind of being built that way. Um, Why, thanks, Stedeker. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, like, finding those strengths, even though maybe it's (laughs) difficult. Welcome to the Multi-Amory Podcast. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. We believe in looking to the future of relationships, not maintaining the status quo of the past. So whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about chewers and spewers, which are some terms that we came up with, but otherwise this is known as being an external processor or an internal processor. We're going to be discussing how to tell what your processing and thinking style may be, the unique strengths and challenges that you may experience when communicating, some misconceptions about processing styles, and how to cope if you're in a relationship with someone who processes very differently from you. So there's a surprising number of blogs out there about this and blogs that seem to me very much written from a place of desperation, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> titles like how to survive when you're married to an external processor oh, or boy. like, boy. yes, <laughs> yeah. Or like, how do I deal when I'm in a relationship with an internal processor or stuff like that? Um, and there's a lot of articles out there that do present information about both types, but you could clearly tell kind of which side the writer <laughs> the was actually person on. Was on. Yeah. Interesting. yeah, it's like the inherent bias would kind of come out because usually in these articles, one type of processing would kind of just a little bit be portrayed as slightly better than the other one, you mm. know, and, mm. and the one that the author clearly wasn't would be portrayed as like a little bit harder to understand. And <laughs> to be totally honest, I also ran into this when writing this episode, because personally I'm a oh. chewer, I'm an internal processor. And when I was writing stuff for the spear section, sometimes I did have to take a moment to be like, wait, they're so damn annoying. Wait, What are, what are spewers good at again? What, wait, wait, why is <laughs> it good to be nothing. an external processor? <laughs> and I did come up with it. I did come up with stuff, you know, and, and find good research and stuff like that. But for me, even, I, I also ran into issues seeing the other side of, of the fence, as it were. Well, and the, the yeah. wonderful thing for our listeners is the fact that Dedeker is very much the chewer type, right? The internal processor. Oh, yeah. And I'm definitely the external processor, the spewer, as we say. And so is Emily. So yeah, we've, we've I got do. kind of a mix here. Absolutely. I do actually kind of think that I've over the years gotten a little bit more internal than I used to be. Mm. I still will have moments of like talking to my mom or talking to you all about things, but then I'll have a little bit more like reflective moments from time to time now. And I'm not quite sure what the change has been. Maybe just that it's good for me at times to like think before I speak. And I've just learned that over the years. Or maybe I'm just used to being steamrolled by people a lot, so I just like <laughs> quiet down and just I'm like, well, I'll, okay, I'll I'll speak when I you know really need to. See, that's funny because in my childhood, I think that's why I got set up to be an internal processor. Really, is because my sister, my older sister, not only was she she was eight years older than me, so already like much more mature and, and talkative in general. Um, mm-hmm. But she's very much external processor. You know, mm. talks things out to think. And I feel like since the time I was a child, it was that I was like I feel like I was just always steamrolled. 
you know? Yeah. And so I'm just going to sit back here and put my nose in a book and be quiet and think about oh. things to myself. Yeah. Interesting. So to, to start out this episode, actually, I was wondering, just to clarify for our listeners, in case they haven't already heard us talk about this or they're not already familiar with the idea, could we sum up like what, what we really mean? Because it's not really about like how much do you talk or not. It more has to do with how you process information, like how you work through things. Yeah. So to give the super simplified version, we're going to get into more details a little bit later on in this episode. But super simplified version is that if you're an external processor or a spewer, you uh, essentially want to process, think things over outside of yourself. So often that uh, comes across as verbally. So that can be, I need to talk things out when I'm not sure about an idea or I'm not sure about an opinion or I'm not sure what to do next my process of figuring out and solidifying my idea comes from speaking with other people or talking out loud. And that's often in contrast with internal processors or chewers where in order for me to, to crystallize an idea or a thought or figure out what I'm going to do next, I need to think about it to myself quietly. I may not speak until it's totally, um, uh, formed, fully formed in my head. Solidified, yeah. Solidified, yeah. That's kind of the, the super broad strokes version of that. Yeah, well, okay, let's talk about kind of how this sort of comes together in real life, how people tend to deal with this in real life, because processing styles really can vary from person to person, and they can be a big source of conflict in romantic relationships and also in workplace relationships. I found that very interesting, all the articles that you sent to Stedeker about how, like, specifically and i know that i've i've had uh workplace like coworkers or workplace um leadership people who have given me this idea of like okay i'm going to go off and in the distance like think about something and then come back to you when i'm really ready for it versus someone who's like let's talk about things here let's have like an open discussion and those two things if you're not used to that external or internal processing can be at conflict for sure uh, so there was someone who we looked at their their blog website, I guess, and they had this nice quote kind of illustrating how they went through this conflict with their wife. They said, I have 7,000 new ideas every day. I think they're all great. I tell my wife about one. She hears it as this is something Scott wants to do. The next day, I don't even remember what I said, and she's busy planning the next steps in her mind. Frustration ensues. And see, that's really a great example because I think also in the workplace, this can happen where maybe like a person in a leadership position will just throw an idea out there and then the subordinates think, well, shit, this is, you know, a thing that we have to do now. And so the start working on that when in reality it's just kind of a like well i'm throwing stuff out there i'm spitballing here it's not going to be solidified until perhaps later yeah this quote uh it felt like looking into a mirror not of how <laughs> i felt but but uh, yeah but more uh, how i feel relationship in a relationship with jace, with jace. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely that that there's that idea of like there can be frustration on the part of mm-hmm. the spewer there because it's like, no, I was just trying to share with you my internal process, how I'm thinking about things, like what's on my mind right now. And you've gone and taken it all seriously and are now holding me to that when like that was never, I was never trying to declare anything. I was just kind of sharing with you. 
And on the other side, I, I think it can also be a problem where it's like you share something with me. I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks for like, let me into your thought process. And then later it's like, it's why didn't like, you do no. that one thing that I mentioned the other day? Like, why didn't you remember this very serious thing I told you? And I'm like, I, I didn't realize it was a serious thing. I thought you were just sharing a thought. I re- Okay, I'm going to jump in here just because I really like the shorthand of I'm sharing, not declaring. Uh-huh. Oh. I, I'm okay. sharing, that, not declaring. Yeah, oh, yeah. or I'm declaring, not sharing. Maybe that needs to be a thing. Well, Maybe we fun, can try yeah. that out. Okay. That's good. Well, I will say, especially in our work environment the, the, with the three of us, if Jace like, has something that he needs to work through, you do a pretty good job of just being like, okay, just bear with me here. Just just uh, give me a second. I'm just going to work through something with you all. And then he'll like proceed to talk for 20 minutes about, I don't know, anything. <laughs> and then, you know... Then Dedeker and I will be like, okay, and let's try to parse this apart a little bit here. Let's sort through the pile. Sort through your ideas. Yeah, exactly. The pile of constant ticker tape and see what's actually here. Yeah, I do feel like you're fairly good at that within our working relationship. Yeah, and I had to learn to be that way. And part of what taught me to be that way actually was my freshman year of college. I had a girlfriend who would get so angry at me about... About when I was just trying to work through something, talking with her would get so would, angry. Yeah, Goodness. she would get angry because she would feel like I was coming to her asking for an answer to the problem rather than it. Like it took her a while to finally realize that when I was doing that, I actually just wanted to talk through it, that I wasn't saying like, hey, give me an answer to this. Mm-hmm. Um And so it was sort of this combination of like, she learned that that's how I worked. And I also learned to preface things by being like, okay, I I just want to talk through this. I'm not looking for an answer to kind of be more clear. Meta communication. We talk about that. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, for myself with my current partner, Josh, because I, I was coming into that relationship after being in a relationship with you, Jace, where the two of us would sometimes just, like, talk about an issue, like, very abstractly and then eventually, like, come to maybe some sort of understanding or agreement. And it would be fine, like, whatever. But if I'm not pretty damn clear immediately about what I'm saying, then I think it frustrates him pretty easily. And so I have learned by being in that relationship for five years, like, hey, I need to, like, Maybe think about it for a moment, just like take an extra second of not just saying something and rather like trying to formulate my thoughts internally and then come out with like a more specific answer or response because that's going to come across better and also be taken, I think, better than if I just was talking about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move into actually breaking down these things, because clearly this is something that's near and dear to our hearts and is important uh-huh. to to our own communication, both professionally and, uh, you know, romantically. So let's let's go through this. So we're going to start off with the spewer category. Right. So this is the external processor, the one that I am, the one that Emily also is. Um, so let's start off like, am I am I a spewer? How would I tell? Yes. And yes, it, you are. Yes. The answer is yes. Now, the, the question to ask yourself is things like, uh, do I love brainstorming out loud with other people? Do I like to think out loud? I, I do this even when I'm by myself. Even if I'm not talking to someone, it helps me when I'm working through something to actually verbalize it out loud or to write it down in a journal is another way of kind of getting that external processing without needing to talk to someone. Um, 
And yeah, like kind of talking yourself either through a decision or through tasks you need to do or through stressful times that are going on, whatever. But it's kind of like I want to process it a little bit outside of myself, right? And I would I would add to that kind of a way to help tell that you're one of this type is that when you do try to just like sit silently and think through something that it's actually difficult that it's like Hmm. it it can be very frustrating to just be like "Ah, like this should be clear like i know i can come up with a solution to this but it's just like it's hard to do it and then if you do end up just like someone's like what are you so frustrated about and you start explaining the problem i'll often be doing that and like halfway through explaining what's going on i go oh my gosh i got it i I figured it out i know i know what i have to do yeah fascinating Yeah, so spewers do bring some natural strengths just by way of kind of being built that way. Um, Why, thanks, Dedeker. Thank you for, like, finding those strengths, even though maybe it's difficult. (laughs) Well, I may need your help in this section. Okay. But based on my reading and my research and personal experience, you know, the main things that struck me is that, you know, spewers or external processors can bring a sense of flexibility to conversations, you know, it's like if this conversation isn't about this particular fixed topic or this particular fixed idea, it's, it's uh, an evolving conversation where we're just going to kind of, you know, as we go along, figure out what it is that we're actually trying to achieve or, or figure out what's the next going to be the next best step, things like that. They have the ability to change the course of their thoughts and feelings as they are processed in real time. Spewers also can be good at generating new ideas or new thoughts or new angles for looking at a problem. Um, hence the brainstorming thing, this idea that like in the process of getting it outside of you, there's some kind of magical alchemy that happens, you know, um, that lets us all be able to look at something from a new point of view or things like that. I know that yeah. for me, at least my experience in my relationship with Jay, something that I see as a strength or a benefit, a benefit to me anyway, is... Um, <laughs> I really love trusting that like if something's wrong, you know, Jace is not going to be the type to be like stewing for a couple days trying to yeah, trying mm-hmm. to piece it together while he figures out the right way to say it. You know, I know that like if something's wrong, even if you don't know what what is wrong quite yet, that you're definitely going to proactively communicate that, you know, because that's part of you figuring it out. And so that's nice. You know, that's nice to, <laughs> to try to trust in that, to know that know that if something's up, I'm going to know about it for better or worse. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, in terms of flexibility, I find that that uh, spewers tend to, like, kind of let things roll off their back fairly easily and not continue to ruminate about something over and over after the fact, because it's like, well, that was a moment in time. We're going to let it go whatever and then move on to the next thing i i don't know at least for myself i find that the the chewer, chewers in my life sometimes tend to kind of hold on to something and really mull over it for a long time and even maybe like hold grudges a little bit more than the chewers in my life or than the spewers in my life do so i don't know that's maybe a generalization but yeah i i will say something that i've noticed as a strength of being a spewer compared to the people in my life I see as more chewers is mm-hmm. <clears throat> is that I feel like for a spewer there is this sense that like all thoughts are transitory they're all temporary that like yeah. no thought that I've ever had is a 
like a permanent thing that I'm always going to think that there is kind of this sense of flexibility. And I think though, that where it can be a problem and maybe this segues into some of the challenges with being a spewer, where it can be a problem is someone might take something that you're kind of processing through as like, this is what you believe. This is what you stand for. Yeah. And that could be a problem. Totally. And in even like many years in the, in the future, like even Mm. if you say something now, or if you have a feeling about something now, or even are like very passionate about something now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to always be there. And yet somebody else in your life who is a chewer may find that to be like, no, you said that that is who you are. That is what you will always believe when it's not necessarily the case. So that's one challenge of being a spewer. Also, um, spewers can be seen as being too chatty or undecisive. Yes, that's definitely something that I've been labeled before, both Uh of those things. Me too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And (laughs) as I said before, if a spewer is in a leadership position, they can lead to words being interpreted as directives. So yeah, you say like, "Eh, I'm just spitballing air, but let me throw something out here. Why don't we try this next time around? Or why don't we try this tomorrow? And then others, you know, subordinates will just be like, okay, we're doing that now. And it's not necessarily what they meant. Um, spewers might feel hurt or abandoned when others don't have the time, space, or energy to talk things out or listen. I felt that too. Um, and then also hard time keeping thoughts and feelings inside. Oh boy, that one is <laughs> triggering for me, even when it's not the best time for talking about it. Yeah, this is something I've gotten better at over the years, but definitely I think in the you know first half decade of you knowing me, Jace, and uh-huh. you knowing me, Dedeker, I was very much just like, oh, let me talk about this. <laughs> and then it, you know, even when I could have ruminated on that a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've definitely seen this with clients of, mm-hmm. you know, clients of mine who I see that are more spewers, like, really have a hard time with the communication tool of, like, either a radar or setting a time in the future of, like, hey, let's pause for now. And then on Friday, let's find some time to talk about this thing so that, you know, because right now we're at the grocery store and trying to get groceries and deal with the kids and stuff like that. And so let's put it on pause that um, I've definitely seen some hardcore spewers or external processors really having a hard time with that because it's this uncomfortable, like, oh, but I don't like the way that I move through this emotion or these feelings is to talk it out. And so then of course, like Emily said, that can lead to then feeling even more frustration or feeling even rejected by your Mm -hmm. partner when they're not there or available to, to receive the spewing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To receive the spews. (laughs) Sorry sorry to make it sound so negative. (laughs) You can clearly tell (laughs) where I am. Uh Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now let's, let's switch. We're going to get more into kind of specific tools and ways to help handle things when you're a spewer, but, but let's first now talk about how would you identify if you're a chewer? So Dedeker, you'll have to help me out with this as being a chewer yourself, but it would be things like, I don't want a conversation or discussion to be sprung on me. Like I need some time to think about it beforehand. I want a clear agenda and some prep time. Uh, needing alone time with my ideas and thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, I would say a chewer, I would identify a chewer by someone who, if you come to them and say, Hey, I, I, it seems like you're feeling this way. Do you want to talk about it? And they're like, mm, no, I need no. to think that over first. <laughs> right. Like they don't want to just talk about it. Whereas a spewer, I probably would be like, yeah, let me talk through uh-huh. it. Try to figure it out. 
Um, they dislike being asked to comment on something on the spot. Same thing about their feelings or about a decision or whatever. It's like, no, I, I can't tell you anything until I've had more time to think about it. Uh, and maybe I don't, I'm not so convinced about this last one, but the last one on the list here is that you may listen more than you talk. Hey, that's not one that I came up with. That no, I get that. I read I, when researching. I get that. I get yeah. that. Personally though, I disagree with this one in terms of it being related to chewers and spewers. I, I would, I would say this is more of a different trait that's kind of independent of being one or the other, just based on yeah. the people I know in my life. However, I do think it makes sense that like if you have like a couple who have different processing styles um, and the spewer comes to the chewer and the spewer is, you know, processing, 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 talking things out, talking things out, talking things out. It's at the very least going to give the appearance that the chewer is the one who's doing more listening than talking in that mm. instance. Does that make sure, sense? Sure. In that moment right there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Until they like have their idea formulated and then they're just going to be like, listen, this is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, yeah. Um, so strengths that chewers bring to the table is that chewers tend to, uh, in that process of needing to like sit with their feelings and think about them, that often before they speak, they will deliberate over words very carefully. Um, and so sometimes if they deliberate enough, it means that communication can be very clear because it's like uh, we've kind of chipped away at all the possible ways to communicate this. And I think that I've landed on this is the way that I... I'm going to decide to tell you how I'm feeling. And this is the most accurate way that I've decided is how I feel. Um, and things like, you know, thoughts, ideas, the next course of action often are pretty solidified by the time they're verbally expressed. Um, that mm. can be a really good thing in the sense of feeling like, okay, I've made my decision and I think I feel good about where to head next. And I feel very sure it can also be a challenge as well. Cause sometimes that can lead to chewers becoming really fixed in their ideas as well. Yeah, it can be this flexible. idea and less flexible It's like this idea of like, no, 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 I've already gone through my flexible process of thinking about all the possible <laughs> ways it can go. And right. now mm -hmm. I've decided and, and I can't be flexible beyond that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Okay, with all of that, let's talk about the challenges that chewers face, because they do face some, so they can be seen as not being a team player. Uh, they may be seen as shutting down or shutting out others, especially if they do need those moments of, like, like, I've been in situations where I've asked my partner something and said, like, what do you think about that? And they're like, you know what, I need, a, I need maybe a day or an hour to think about that before I respond. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? You can't just tell me? But yeah, they need a moment to really, like, sit there and formulate a good, coherent thought about it, which is just very different than how I operate. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to me, sometimes I do make that mistake of thinking like, wow, they're just like shutting me down in this moment. And even I, I would say I'm not great at halt. I haven't been, at least in the past, I certainly haven't been as good as I probably should be, whereas my partner is very good at it. So I wonder if that can be a challenge for a spewer as well, that maybe they're not as great at halting. Um, yes. Yeah, something else, you know, again, to rope this into thinking about workplace relationships as well, that a lot mm -hmm. of the examples that I saw is, you know, you call a meeting and often the chewer is the one who waits until the last five minutes of the meeting to finally be like, well, here's my thoughts and my ideas you sure. know, after having not contributed to the brainstorm after, <laughs> you know, or maybe I've only, you know, 
you know, I'm only just repeating back like, oh, okay, here's my th- synthesis of everything. And everyone's like, why? Yes, we know that. We're already miles ahead of you. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, Interesting. Like that that's something that can ha- happen in the workplace. And that's how sometimes cheers can be seen as like they're not contributing or they're not a team player because mm. they're in that internal processing Mode. process essentially yeah. especially if it's like a meeting or an agenda or you know where, where they haven't been given an agenda or the topic ahead of time and so they're using the meeting time to be doing that chewing right yeah i think that also part of it that can be a challenge on both sides with this one is that once the chewers kind of come to a conclusion about something it can often feel to the other person especially if that other person's a spewer it's going to feel like but do I do I not get any say in this? Do I not have any influence on how you think about this? Do we like mm-hmm. like we were saying that it's kind of like it's done. It's been decided. It's done. End of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> and that can be really frustrating. Like you know, on the other side, where it's like, oh, I thought I was waiting for you to think about it, so then we could discuss it <laughs> instead of like, mm-hmm. oh, I was waiting and now it's done, and I missed my chance to be involved in the discussion with you. So things like yeah. that. I think especially in. I mean, really in any kind of relationship, but I've noticed it in romantic relationships too, where it's kind of like, hey, we want to have some some give and take in this. And so totally. I think that definitely like from both sides, having this understanding of it though helps a lot. Like having this mm-hmm. understanding of the way that we each process so that we can set up ways to make that work better, right? That the the chewer can find ways to let the spewer be involved in the discussion and kind of maybe even have like, I'm going to think about it with the anticipation that we're going to discuss it. And then I think about it more and then I can come to a conclusion or something like that. Right. Part of that whole having a clear agenda thing uh, is an example of something that can be a helpful tool, but without that, it can be a big challenge for chewers. Yeah, absolutely. So finally, a last chewer challenge, not the last, but one of the others, um, is that they may be easily exhausted by external processing situations. So again, if we're in a big boardroom and a bunch of people are just talking, 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 the chewer may be sitting back, not participating necessarily because it's very exhausting to be a part of situations like that where they don't feel comfortable contributing in that fashion. Mm-hmm. So, Or when Dedeker there's a lot, is just tired of my shit. Yes. No, that too. I really, I feel like we're really painting not a good portrait of our relationship. No, on this no. Episode. <laughs> I, I will say though that um, more what would what I would get exhausted by, I think in the past was before I had an awareness of any of this, and so to me, anyone who is spewing or externally processing, I'm putting my chewer lens on it, and I'm thinking, oh, everything they're saying to me is finalized. And is mm-hmm. thought out and like, wow, that's really overwhelming because, wow, they have a lot of ideas or a lot of things that they want to <laughs> do next or that they're definitely going to do next or a lot of different beliefs that they firmly believe now. And, and wow, wow, how do I deal with this? And mm-hmm. so I do think that I used to get a lot more exhausted by that in the past. Again, kind of just with my chewer glasses now, now that I have more of a sense of there being different processing styles, it's helped me find it easier to cope and be more flexible with those things. But we're going to get more into specific coping strategies a little bit later on in the episode. So we're going to get into some myths and misconceptions about spewing and chewing and also how to cope with it if you are having difficulties in your working relationships or your romantic relationships. 
But the reason we're able to bring you all of this content for free is because of our awesome supporters and sponsors. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's multi, M-U-L-T-I, at adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast, and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code multi to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Let's talk about some myths and misconceptions and even assumptions that people make about spewing versus chewing. So first one I just want to get out there right out the gate is that not every relationship issue is caused by a difference in processing styles. (laughs) You can have two people in a relationship who are both spewers and get along great and have very low conflict, or you can have a relationship with two people who are both spewers and they have very high conflict Mm -hmm. and have a really incompatible relationship, but it's not great. Um, so not every single communication issue can boil down just to it being a spewing versus chewing issue. Uh, the next misconception or assumption maybe, I guess that I'd want to tackle is that it's not really likely that you can force someone to change their processing style, you know? Yeah. So if you're in a relationship with someone who is a chewer, it's maybe over the course of time you can help them become more comfortable to talk about things more in the moment or process a little bit more in real time, but it's unlikely that you're going to be able to completely rewire the way that they process with you. You know, of course there's, there's tiny tweaks, there's hacks, there's tools that you can use to make your communication better, but it's unlikely that you're going to be able to completely change the way that they, they deal with things. Yeah. I might even, I might even argue that even if like in Emily's example, where she was saying she feels like she's less of a chewer now, that Mm -hmm. I might even make the argument that your style of processing hasn't changed, but rather you've learned different tools for like how you share that in the world, but that it's not like, 
Like, so even if you did have a partner where you did like teach them how to do your processing style, that you might actually be hindering their actual processing, even if they do learn how to like do the mechanics of your way of doing it. That's, that's my, you know, no scientific backing for this at all. There's not a lot of research into this actually. So, you know, that's, that's what I got. Uh, And the other thing is that one style of processing is not inherently better than the other, even though as much as you want, as much as you wish that 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 was the case. (laughs) Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm like, yeah, but it is though. But but yes, you're right. It's not though. Yeah. I mean, Uh, yes. Nothing. nothing. I mean, I'm just being sassy. Okay. Just a sass. And it's not always a binary because people may go through different processing styles in different phases of their relationship or in different phases of their life or with different people in relationships. Because, yeah, when I was with Jace, I definitely, we both were just chew, spewing all over the place, whatever. It didn't matter. <laughs> that was, it, it, it flowed very easily. But, yeah, I've absolutely had to, like, kind of change and mold a bit my style of of spewing it's not that i don't still do that but as you said i have kind of morphed my way of communicating because my partner is so internally processing all the time so and i've also learned to not get so frustrated when i feel like he's shutting me out and i'm just be you know learning things like at the back end of his internal thought process because often i'm like wow i just completely missed like how you got from point a to point b and that can be really frustrating for me but i've learned to like not take that personally anymore and just be like well this is how he processes and that is what it is uh and also yes Oh, I was just going to say in terms of like not being binary, also that it's that it's not like you are 100 percent one or the other, that you could also be someone could be a much stronger spewer than another and another person could be a much stronger chewer. It's kind of a whole spectrum within that. Absolutely. And it really does not, as we have demonstrated today, it does not run along gender lines because Dedeker is very much a chewer and Jace is very much a spewer, although maybe at first glance someone might think like, you know, men are the stoic silent types that process internally and women are just chatty and expressive and they process externally and that's the way that it is. And honestly, a lot of online blogs will tell you this, but they're full of shit in my opinion because yeah. that's just truly, I mean, I have, I, it, the two of you like to me are so very much embody those two things and you are not... You know, you identify as a man and you identify as a woman. And so there it is. (laughs) Yeah, I ran across when I was researching this episode, there was this funny blog and the title of the blog was, I process like a dude and he processes like a chick. Um, And so, of course, immediately I was like, but I read it anyway. I was like, I'm still going to read it, you know, and I read it and halfway, you know, it was this woman sharing about how, you know, she like really had conflict in this relationship for a long time until she went to a therapist and realized like, oh, we process things very differently. That's why. And of course, for her, she was, you know, assuming, well, men process internally and women process externally. And so how funny that in my relationship, it's flipped. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the blog post, she did say like statistics show that the majority of men are internal processors and the majority of women are external processors. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay, I hope she really links to that study. Like I, maybe, maybe that is true. Maybe it does run along gender lines more than I'm assuming that it does. And then I got to the very end of the blog post at the very end, she was like, and dang it, I just could not find that study that I thought that I read. You're like, um, yeah, exactly. Because like, I think exist. maybe it doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's it's also kind of reminds me of 
with the Triforce of Communication, that there's also this association mm-hmm. with gender with that, that the yeah. Triforce 2 is like the the way that women communicate. It's like, oh, I just want to talk about feelings and have you comfort me, and I don't care about making actual conclusions. And that men are Triforce 3, which is like, I want to solve a problem, get it solved, and be done. And like, yeah. while I think those traits, just like internal and external processing, might be might be received better for men versus women, you know, like one or the other might be received better socially, but I don't think there's any actual connection. I think that's there. arguable though, because when I was thinking about it, I, like, I think that makes sense that, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe there's nothing about this that inherently runs along gender lines, but we just tend to treat people who play, who fall into gender stereotypes better. Um, mm. However, when I was thinking about it, that you could then make that argument that, well, then maybe more men would end up being external processors because we're just more comfortable with letting men speak more. You know, and yeah, taking up too. time yeah. to just just speak about things and philosophize and think about things and much less so with women. And so you could make the argument either way. Or is it yeah. that we assume that men are internal processors because we take what they say more seriously than we should? That's, That's possible. That's a good point. <laughs> we, yeah, we take that they must have thought this over and come right. to a definite conclusion, yeah. <laughs> even though they maybe they clearly haven't. Um, yeah, yeah right. that's interesting. Which is always my struggle where I'm like, no, 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 like don't take any of it very don't seriously because I'm working it out. I'll let you yeah. know if this is something I've really thought through, but even then I might change my mind. So well, that's something yeah. I don't, I don't want us to get too <laughs> sidetracked on this, but this is something right. that comes up in literature and in writing that female authors, it tends to be more expected of like, if you're going to write something, especially if it's nonfiction, if you're going to write something, it better be concrete and thought out and useful. Mm. And men are more allowed to write the philosophy books of, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. I don't know. But like when women tend to philosophize, it's usually accused of being like navel gazy and Mm. like no one really cares, you know? So that's another thing that shows up in writing of kind of this idea that I would argue, maybe we are more comfortable with men externally processing and Mm. being more fluid in their thoughts. And with women, we're more like, we don't have the patience for that. Figure it out, woman. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, gosh. Uh, Okay, sorry. Yeah, we don't want to go off on this tangent. Uh, So the last uh, myth that we wanted to bust here is that it's, that they're not related to being introverted or extroverted. Right. So being introverted or extroverted has more to do with how you feel energetically around people like extroverts get energy and are recharged by social situations and stimulation and introverts are drained by too much stimulation or or having too many people around in social situations. And that's not to say that that means introverts hate being social, but it's more it drains them. So they might still like that and need that, but they're, they're not gaining energy from it. And then on the flip side, extroverts might also like to have their alone time, but it's, it's not going to recharge them in the same way that an introvert would, but that neither of these are related to chewing and spewing. Yeah. I feel like I'm the only true extrovert of the three of us. Yeah. I'm definitely not an extrovert at all. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that assessment. I'd agree with that assessment. But <laughs> yeah. but it is totally have an extrovert who is also a chewer when they process and to have an introvert mm-hmm. who is a spewer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, how do we cope? How do we deal? I don't I mean, you tell me. Why don't you start this one off? <laughs> So we're going to go through this section. We have some tools for coping for if you're a spewer who's in a relationship with a chewer, if you're a chewer who's in a relationship with a spewer. But I'm going to start out with just some general best practices coping tools for everybody. And the first thing I would encourage people to do is to get all meta, meta communicate. It's really important to 
first of all, think about this stuff in the first place. You know, as you're listening to this episode, evaluating, huh, which side of the line do I fall on? You know, talk to your partner about that. Ask them to think about it as well. Ask them to share theirs. You know, you can either share this episode with them or if you just Google external processing, internal processing, you can find all the resources that I found along with Though, some beware. strange... <laughs> beware. There's also some Christian, a surprising number of Christian blogs so that talk about this. Um, so take some of that with a grain of salt. But yeah, one of the number- ones that you sent us immediately it was like but then i found jesus and i was like whoa i didn't expect that <laughs> but then i found Nothing jesus and that, i stopped stealing and it was great <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, you know so get all meta you know have these conversations because i'm telling you that for me it really was a game changer once i realized like oh i'm projecting my own processing style onto everybody else and it's creating a lot of unnecessary frustration in my romantic relationships and workplace relationships um and along the same lines of being meta, you can use the Triforce, you know, yeah. uh, go listen to our Triforce episode, go search for Triforce on the Multiamory website that basically it's a shorthand for being able to specifically ask. So for instance, if you're spewing, if you're externally processing that you can use the Triforce to be like, oh, hey, by the way, this is just a T1 just listening. You don't even need to, you know, give me sympathy or support or help me solve it. Like I'm really just thinking out loud and I just want you to be present for that and listen to that, you know? Um, or a chewer can be very specific of like, you know what, I'm going to share some stuff and I'm pretty well decided in it. So I, I don't really need help figuring out what's the next thing to do. I don't really need advice or problem solving. I just want to hear some validation or just hear that you think that I've thought this through well enough. You know, that's what I need. That that can also really help to reduce frustration when you're in a relationship with someone who processes very differently from you. Yeah, because both they know the purpose of your communication by meta communicating about it. And then also you're more likely to get a response that's helpful to you because they know what you're looking for. So it's really both Mm -hmm. sides are going to benefit from that type of meta communicating. So when you're a spewer like Jace and I are, (laughs) um, here's a couple tricks and tips for coping for spewers specifically. So when you are thinking something through Make sure that others around you are aware that that's the stage that you're in. I think, again, as I said, Jace is very good at this, especially in workplace situations. You're like, okay, just bear with me while I talk about this. Um, And it is okay to ask permission to bounce ideas off of someone, you know, say like, okay, what what do you think about this thing, etc. Yeah, (laughs) because you will often do that with us as well. Um, So also have patience when others don't respond immediately. So this is one a good one for me, too, because, yeah, I tend to be like, well, what do you think about that? And then if my, you know, chewer partner says, well, let me get back to you on that, it might be really frustrating for me um, if I don't know to have patience because this is just them, you know, needing to take time and a moment away. Yeah, I think... Tedeker's shaking her head. <laughs> yeah. To, to go back to the, the, like, the meta-communicating part of this, something I found really helpful for me... Specifically, if I'm not, um, like if I'm trying to work out a solution to something or trying to understand, like trying to formulate an opinion about something or make a decision, that it helps to start it out by being like, I just want to talk, kind of like Triforce One, right? I just want you to listen. But something I have found can be really helpful if you have, especially if you have a partner who understands this and is like, okay, yeah, I want to support you in this is to say, I just want to talk. And all I want you to do 
is if anything I say doesn't make sense to like ask me a clarifying question about it. Mm, um, that's smart. Like, and literally I'm thinking about this cause I just had this experience uh, today with my mom. So I oh. was working on something uh, on a programming project. Right. And I was having a lot of frustration with trying to solve this programming issue. And at one point she's like, so what is it that you're frustrated about? And I was like, okay, well, let me, let me try to explain it. So I was kind of walking through like some of the dilemmas and why, you know, it's hard based on the data that I have to make these decisions each time the script is run, whatever. Right. I was kind of explaining it through and she'd be like, well, but what do you mean? Like that, but it's just, it's this. I'm like, oh no, but that's because this other thing, and it like helped me get more clear on what mm. exactly it is I'm working on by talking to someone who I'm not going to go like, oh, well, this function is passing back this callback to this other thing. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm just like trying to explain. It's <laughs> like, all going over my head. <laughs> right. Like I'm just trying to explain the concept and even doing mm -hmm. that and having her be like, but what do you mean? And then I explain it again or like clarify that. Then I was like, yeah, no, you're right. I, yeah, I should just do it this way. Like it was like just during that <laughs> conversation, I was like, That's yeah, no, it, it makes sense now. Like now I've, I've simplified it for myself by spewing it out loud. That's cool. So another coping mechanism for a spewer is if you're going to spew, spew into this trash can or <laughs> paper cup. Yeah, yeah this, exactly. This... Or uh, yeah, was, when you Emily, wrote this, I was like, eh. <laughs> Emily, I was really hoping that you were going to give your best like Garth Algar impression. Yeah. What? If you're going to spew, spew into this. Exactly. Oh, wow. It's been a minute since I've watched that film. Sorry about that. <laughs> that I let you down. I apologize. Okay. When I, Just to, to yes. clarify for listeners, the name of this tool is, if you're going to spew, spew into this. Yes. As a tribute so, to Garth Algar. There we go. And... Basically, if your partner is a chewer and needs time, then you should maybe use a journal or a voice recorder or a trusted friend or your mom or a therapist or counselor to process. I definitely will talk to like the two of you about things or my mom about things if I like need to work through something and I know like maybe it's not the best time to talk to my partner about it or whatever. Yeah, then instead you can talk to someone else about it and... Or just talk to, like, your journal or a voice recorder. That's really interesting. I don't love, like, hearing my own voice, so I think I'd have a really hard time with that. But, yeah. You know, that's the person I, like, who's like... on a podcast every single week. <laughs> yeah, but that's why I never listen to the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm glad that other people enjoy hearing my voice, but myself, my goodness, no thank you. Yeah. So I'd rather, like, write it down. Well, I got a fun tip for you, actually, and our listeners at home, if they're in the same boat, is oh. there are a number of services like this. I use one called otter.ai, like O-T-T-E-R, like the animal, mm -hmm. .ai, that you can install the app on your phone and you record a voice memo and it transcribes it all for you. So you don't Ooh, even oh, have cool. to listen to it back to be able to revisit it and look at what you said. Oh, I that's like handy. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. very I really handy. like it. And it's free. Uh, like up to a certain wow. number of minutes per month, it's free. And I've never run over the free amount. So I definitely recommend nice. it. Uh, and, and I guess also, Emily, you kind of hit on it with saying like you've got your mom to talk to or you've got us to talk to in addition to your partner is yeah. if you're a spewer is if you only have one person who you rely on for all of your spewing needs, 
that's a lot to ask of that person. Even just Definitely. even just the time that they need to spend listening. Even if they're not actively participating, you just need them to be there and listen. That's still a lot of time you're asking of them. So if you can diversify that network of who it is you have to share and to talk things through with, that can also be really helpful. I'm back to this thing that I asked about and he doesn't have an answer for it at this point. So yeah, that's so, a good so, time for journaling too to like write yeah. down. Okay, come back to this, please. And that's also something that can help is adding more specificity to that. So if you're a mm. chewer, it can be more specific of like, you know what, I- I'm going to take 20 minutes and I'm going to go take a walk and think about this, or asking specifically, hey, yeah, okay, that does seem really important. Is it okay if we put this on the agenda for our next radar or? is it okay if we talk about this when I'm on my lunch break or something like that? Just kind of being more specific about Mm -hmm. what is it you need in order to carve out that time and take it. Um, Similar to the coping mechanisms for spewers is that if you are going to step out and take time, if you're falling quiet in a discussion, you know, you can meta communicate and make sure that others around you are aware that you're in the thinking and processing stage. You're not necessarily blowing them off. You know, you can let people know clearly like, Hey, yeah, yeah, I know I'm quiet, but I just I'm just thinking about things, you know. But things are okay. Um, I know my experience as a chewer, you know, growing up in American culture is I think that there's often this knee jerk urge to fill up any silence, mm-hmm. um, and a kind of a knee jerk urge to respond to things right away. And sometimes that's a helpful thing. I think a lot of the times it's not necessarily a helpful thing. Mm -hmm. And so I know for myself as a chewer that sometimes there's this urge to fill up silence where I'm like, I really would love 20 minutes to think about this, but I need to just like, blah, like say whatever that that this person is expecting me to say in the moment. And so like, it really is okay to, to carve out what you need, ask for what you need um, and not just have to, to cave to that urge to fill up some space in a conversation. Um, Something else that can be really helpful for chewers is to come up with some set rituals for chewing. So maybe it's a particular walk or hike that you do. Maybe it's just I always go walk around the block around my apartment complex. Uh, Maybe there's a specific place where you're going to go sit by yourself. Maybe you're going to go meditate. Um, Similar to spewers, you know, journaling and voice recording also works well for this, you know, to kind of have that quiet little place and carve out that space and time where you can sit down and and kind of chew out your thoughts. Can I heart's content? (laughs) Chew them out. Be like, dang it, thoughts. You're really messing with me again (laughs) this time. So much chewing. I I have a question actually for you, Dedeker, that just occurred to me is... With being an internal processor and kind of needing time to think something over, say, say like in Emily's example, it's like, I've asked your opinion about something and you say, okay, I want some time to think about that. I need to process that and get back to you. Do you find that that then just like happens in the background and just like the next day you'll be good to talk about it? Or is it like, Mm. if you don't set aside time to think about it, you're just never going to get through that processing and not be ready to talk about it? For me personally, I think that depends on the topic Mm. or how big the topic is. I think that generally, though, can depend person to person, Mm. you know, like I I definitely I was just thinking about that situation where it's like if you're an internal processor, but you don't give yourself time to internally process, you can just end up frustrating everyone because you're never making that time for yourself to process. So then you can get back to them. Yeah, and I've definitely seen people where their internal processing unfortunately can kind of um, enable them 
not thinking about something or being in denial about something, right. you know, yeah. um, if they're, if they don't carve out that time. But then I've also known a lot of people where, uh, you know, background processing is very much a thing or it's just like, okay, well, I know that like when I'm on the treadmill today that I'm going to be thinking about this and, you know, something will crystallize or solidify during that process. So mm. I think that does depend on the person and yeah. then maybe the, the size of the topic. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. How have how have you coped with me, Jace, as a scholar? Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the meta communicating thing, honestly, of everything we've talked about, is the biggest of just like becoming aware of the difference and then talking about it, clarifying it, or or even like I've noticed something that both of us have done is we'll start having a discussion about something and there might start to get a little bit of frustration over this mismatch, but we catch it very quickly. And we're like, oh, right. Okay. You just need to talk this through. All right. I'm just, you know, you'll say like, okay, I'm just going to let you think through that. Or I realize like, right. It's not fair of me to ask for her to have an opinion on this thing yet. That's fine. You know, maybe I still am like, okay, I want to, I want to talk through it a little bit. You help me know if that makes sense. But then the next time we talk about it, then you'll have more formed opinions about it. So it's kind of like just knowing it and being aware and not, not like, I guess not expecting the problem to be solved by expecting the other person to do things like you. But instead it's like, let's find tools to communicate while still being who we each are instead of forcing one or the other or like expecting, well, we'll be happy if she just did it my way, you know, that, that, Mm. that's a not helpful way to go about it. That makes sense. I will say though, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about adjusting your communication style to match your partner's processing style. And mm-hmm. and Jace, I do think like of all the people in my life, you're probably one of the very, very few people where I feel comfortable experimenting with spewing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. No, you have mentioned that to me before. Yeah. Yeah. Has so, like, she done that? Maybe a little bit? Yeah, maybe once in a while. Yeah, where she'll kind of like work work <laughs> through some thoughts while she's trying about to about a couple things yeah no you're right i have yeah. noticed that change that's true yeah if there's anyone in my life where i'm like okay i feel safe and comfortable to actually process things in real time verbally it's probably you because i know that you speak that language <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know cool. that's that's an interesting thought right there is in addition to becoming aware of yourself if you're also aware of the other people in your life if you ever feel an urge of like, I kind of need support in this one way, you can also have a better sense of like, I know this person's going to be able to speak that language versus this other person, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. So we're going to keep talking about this in our bonus episode. Specifically, we're going to be talking about whether or not spewing and chewing is related to pursuit and withdrawal. If you want to know about pursuit and withdrawal patterns, you can listen to our episode 227, but we're going to be diving into that in the bonus episode today. We would love to hear from all of you. Are you a chewer or a spewer? Is this a new concept to you? Or do you, if you've been listening for so long that you remember when we first thought we had invented this idea a few years ago. <laughs> it was uh, a long time ago. Either way, we would love to hear from you. And the best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com, leave us a voicemail at 
T-I-0-5. Or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multi-Amory is created and produced by Dedeker Winston, Emily Matlack, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Shenowark and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.